Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decision, SportsGrid, SB Nation Radio. I am Marenzi. Throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Kevin Walsh going to step up and in. We'll continue talking about the National Football League draft and more. We'll get uh, Kevin's thoughts on the uh, Chicago Bull documentary, The Last Dance, uh, considering Kevin yeah. is a uh, LeBron James Kool-Aid yeah. uh, drinker. <laughs> He's so a LeBron thinks, lover. Uh, yeah, he thinks LeBron's <laughs> the greatest and all this yeah. type of stuff. So I'll see if uh, a good old history lesson has put him in his place uh, or not, uh, Cam. So we're talking about sports uh, coming back in which leagues. Uh, will be coming back. They all seem to be pretty adamant on wanting to come back. Uh, we talk about the political pressure that's being put on them uh, as well. Um, Donald Trump in reopening the economy, he he's really using sports as like one of the key things. And he understands, right? It'll make people happy if sports is on TV. And it'll also sort of distract from a lot of things yeah. as well, yeah. right? As, so. as he would like both of those, but he's not there. That's the thing. Like, you saw what he said, like, uh, hey, open up this uh, state of Minnesota. Blake Wheeler's like, no. Like, just retweeted him. Like, dude, you're not one of these guys, players in the league. You can say whatever you want. But, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, Marenzi. Tons. There is. Yeah, there is. Um, but it doesn't mean that the leagues aren't trying. Nope. I agree. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, guy. There will be sports. There will uh, be. We have another league coming back uh, into the mix uh, now. Korea is almost ready to go in South Korea. Um, it's it's taken them a little while, though. Um, that's that's the whole thing. People don't realize when you restart a league, you have to be ready and be aware that there's going to be a stop. Someone's going to get sick, and they have to trace everybody. They have to test everybody. They have to redo it again. So, And that's what's happening in Korea. I think it's been about six weeks now it's taken them. To get to this point, five, six weeks to get to this point. They're shooting for uh, for May 1st now, though, uh, to, to open up their season with no fans. And it was interesting, Cam. I was, I was reading about baseball, actually. They're putting places like the Arizona thing is the biggest one that they're going with. They seem to think Arizona is the best place for this. Um, I don't know how the hell you're going to get 32 teams in Arizona. I think you'd have to split it up, Arizona and Florida. I thought that I, the spring training thing was the best way to go, personally. I, I thought I, that was the I, way to go. I agree 100%. You can't have you already the, have the stadiums. You, you, don't can't have, yeah. you can't have the whole league in Arizona. It's like we talk about with the other leagues. you got to break it up. There has to be two minimum. There can't just be one spot for everybody. How is that? And you talk about the challenges of social distancing with one. That makes no sense, Gabe. There well, has to be this. two. That's what I was going to say. So social distancing in the dugout, Major League Baseball, I read their their tentative sort of their kicking around ideas. Players would sit in the stance. Makes sense. So they'd be spread out. They wouldn't yep. be in the dugout. I like that. So they would have the door. Let's throw like hockey. They'd open the door. The bat yeah. boy will open the door for you. And you so it's kind of almost like softball, Ken. <laughs> Mike Trout's going to be sitting there with his bat like in the third row, just waiting to come up there. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah. He's going to throw the hitters off, though, because they're going to be used to being in the on-deck circle and reading the pitches. What? Right? It's going to be different. Maybe they'll like it, though. Maybe some guys will be sitting right behind home plate and stuff. And then, are players allowed to heckle? Like, are they going to be like the crowd and stuff? Are they going to be talking smack? Like... It would be fun, but I don't like think... Like hockey, how do you do that in hockey? You can't have the players in the stands. They're all going to have to be on a bench together. Yeah, quick changes and stuff. That's the thing, yes. <laughs> what like about football, baseball? you could do it where the players really could be like six feet apart, all on the sideline. They're going to be like, literally the players will be from one goal line to the other camp. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah, that, no, you, you bring up a good point. Hockey, the changing on the fly, football, third down uh, packages. Their guys have to run on and off the field. Baseball, at least, with the timing of it, okay, end of the inning, the guys come in, the guys come out. You know what I mean? There's not have to be a, a quick movement for a relief pitcher. But uh, what about the spitting and the gum and the seeds and the, all that other stuff? Like, baseball culture's got a lot of things that are not too friendly uh, parlayed with coronavirus, Gabe. Saliva. Seeds, tobacco. Thinking about though, um, I saw there's uh, there's some great stuff uh, here as you can see. I don't know who they were. It was in Italy. 
Maybe Apuccio is our resident uh, paisano yeah. here. Maybe he can tell us uh, who, who they are. There's a couple of pro Italian chicks playing tennis on a roof. Oh, yeah, they're good. Uh, yeah, as you see here, it's awesome. Drilling shots like power bombs, man, like back and forth. And I'm thinking, man, that was better than any NBA horse. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd bet on that, some rooftop tennis. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> it was amazing, though. You'll see, like, the, the ball bounces off the wall, and the chick doesn't even stop it. She Perfect. casually drills it. You know how hard it is? Like, it's hard to hit over a net. These girls were going, like, rooftop to rooftop, man. It was, like, over-the-top uh, cool, uh, actually. Um, all right, so we got some more uh, We got more questions uh, coming in here. So, um, yeah, we, I'd bet on it. Rooftop tennis. We're looking okay. for things to lay it down on right now. But what would you say? We got some horse racing later in the week? Yeah, we got horse racing. It's amazing to me. Like, it's funny. Like, Oaklawn in Arkansas and Gulfstream in Florida, they're not shutting down. Like, I've looked at the other tracks. Every day I go to my books, they're open for business, Gabe. Like, you know what I mean? And there's no fans there. They just keep on running guys out. But I'm also watching it going, there's no social distancing here. And I don't want to throw horse racing under the bus. There's the guy who walked <laughs> out with the horse. And I'm watching Oaklawn. There's people like, you know, like you know when they come out in the paddock, like there's the guy watching, the guy with the horse, the oh, guy. They're all, it's all business. Yeah, no, it's not yeah, like a business skeleton and, crew. No, no. And, and the owner's like, yeah, make sure he gets a good ride. Like, they're all close. I'm like, I was watching Oaklawn going, this is not social distancing. But anyway, these guys will not be shut down. Like, they're just, they just keep on rolling. And I rolling. tuned in. I think it was at Oaklawn, actually. It was at Oaklawn. And it was after the Florida Derby, and they brought up, they're like, some of you at home might be wondering, with all the restrictions in place, how, uh, you know, this track is still open. And uh, Buddy said that uh, agricultural is a, an essential uh, business. Oh, agriculture. And that the <laughs> horse racing in Arkansas falls under the branch of agricultural. Good move. <laughs> But I will and say yeah, that. But I'm thinking yeah, that means that you're supposed to be able to farm and grow your crop still. Yeah. Doesn't your mean you're supposed to keep the horse track open. So you're telling your horse to eat hay, not not to run fast. But I don't know what else. Like that's the thing about SEC football, Gabe. Where are the Razorbacks? Like like if there is not racing at Oakland, what does the state of Arkansas have professionally, or collegiately? <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm just sorry. That's they need Oakland. Like that's they, why that's why they're gonna want. Uh, that's why they're gonna need college football. Correct. Uh, to play. All right, so T-Dubs. Let's get to a couple of questions here. Shout out to our boy T-Dubs. He's in Winnipeg, Manitoba, home of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, do we feel as if, though, hey, guys, do you think that multiple teams will move up in the first round of the draft? Teams trying to get into the top 10. We talked about it earlier. And yeah, you know what? I think there are going to be a couple of teams. And it seems to me that Jerry Judy is sort of that guy that teams are worried that they want to get up to. They, I think teams are worried about missing out on the Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs uh, train. It's going to start the question is, Cam, when does that train start? You know, Usually when, around 11, you're thinking, or do you think it starts earlier than that? I think it could start a little earlier. Someone's got Around jump. nine? Yeah, there's no way that every one of these teams is going to be able to resist Jerry Judy. Like, maybe Carolina does. Arizona you know, already has Hopkins. Jacksonville, man, at nine. I think that's sort of the cutoff there right there. We talked about it earlier, T-Dubs, uh, that the Denver Broncos reportedly wanted to move up. So they could get Jerry Judy. They think they need to get into the top 10. Cleveland, an unpredictable team. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they do trade Odell Beckham, Can to be honest. Uh, that they, could they, happen later in the week. I agree 100%. I think it could. I think it's a story that's kind of falling under the radar. Uh, Cleveland, blue-collar town. Thing is, they got to protect Baker Mayfield. You have an investment there, too. You picked this guy first overall. He doesn't well. get along with Baker. No, and another and it's thing. It's not that, like, they're, they're, they feud, but there's not a connection. Yeah, there doesn't feel like and, there. No, and it is true. And I do like Odell, but all those stories were true last year, Cam, in which every week Odell would tell, like, the other team, come at me, man, come at me. I want to be here. Like, he'd tell the Rams, the Vikings, like, any team they played, basically, he'd say, trade for me, get me the hell out of here. And then he denied after, and then people would see, like, they'd slow the video down, and they're like, well, you did say know. it. You did. Like, what are you talking to these guys about all the time out there? And he'd throw Baker Mayfield out of the bus on the field to other players, like on the other team. But you know what I mean? Like Odell would run down the field and be an incomplete sheet. He'd say to the DB, yeah. I'm not surprised. Like stuff like that. They, that's not cool. Like, you know what I mean? No. Like I get Baker's a jerk and everything, but he knows you don't like him. He's trying to get you the ball. The kid's running for his life, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's the one thing with Baker. He doesn't get a lot of time back there. 
No, he doesn't. Uh, they have one of the worst lines in the league. It's uh, it's uh, ineffective. Baker Mayfield's running for his life. And another thing is, Beckham gave, for the money that you gave him, like his best years with the Giants, you know, he's more worried about watches and other things. I'm not saying he's not a fantastic talent, but you know what? A very short leash now. It's like, dude, you want to be a prima donna, and that's unacceptable. To, unacceptable. You cannot throw your team people like that under the bus. But when you had a coach like Freddie Kitchens, who had no respect for exactly. of the players, you could do whatever you want. But there's going to be a different attitude in Cleveland. But I think Jarvis I think they, Landry was doing the same thing. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. The, the, the whole Cleveland team, <laughs> it's the same guy. Like, you can't have that many complainers and guys, me, me, me. Like, like, it's a bad situation. And Kitchens is not the guy to solve the problem. Cleveland needs a whole overhaul. That's well, the problem. Yeah. We'll see what the new staff, and I don't think the new staff... The Stavnowski guy coming over from Minnesota wants to deal with Odell. Uh, he's not into divas. And the thing is, it's just if the team, if Odell was on a good team, he'd be a good teammate. You know what yes, I mean? He but yeah. he gets restless on these bad teams. And after the Giant experience, now with the Browns, I think it freaked him out. He's like, I can't like waste my career like this. Like this is like this is ridiculous. He doesn't like cold weather, you know. But hey, it's a cold world. You're getting paid a lot of money, Odell. But I'm just stating. There was talk about Odell to the Minnesota Vikings that they let Diggs go. There's no way in hell Zimmer's dealing with Odell Beckham. God, no. They can no. barely cousins with his stories. And you said, yeah, Diggs, now he's in Buffalo. You're right. Like, that's what Zimmer does not need, that type of headache. And that's the thing about Odell Beckham. I hate to say it, Gabe, for the talent. The headache factor now is very equivalent to the, to, to the talent. A, a lot of guys are like, screw it, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're good, but I'm not going to deal with this BS because we have a good thing going right now. That's why, like, you're a team like the Patriots or whatever. They might say, yeah, like, you know, that's why the Patriots didn't fall for Antonio Brown. It's like, you know what? We just don't have the time. And to the thing the is, cap. so the two teams we're seeing here, and it's no secret, uh, Josina Anderson's always been on top of them. She's very she good is. at getting inside stuff from these players. Forget about Glazer. Like, she's hot. She's a hot chick. They talk they, to her. They, they talk, talk to her. That's a, hey, Josina, I got something for you. Yeah. Like, exactly. Do you remember? Right. She got Odell did the interview with her, and the Giants didn't even know. She got someone on the Steelers to do an interview. She got Antonio Brown before when he was like, she's able to get players without going through the league, the team. Like, she's a hot chick, right? And they like her. So yeah. they'll 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 give her scoops. They'll talk to her. They'd rather hook her up with stuff. She's reporting Odell Beckham. Uh, Odell Beckham wants to play for the Rams or the 49ers. No secret. He wanted the Rams last year. He was pushing for the Rams before, and it's no secret. So he wants to get out to California. Odell lives in L.A., Cap. Like, you know, that's where he hangs in the offseason and stuff. Like, he lives in Los Angeles. So the thing is, do the 49ers want you, bro, right? Um, yeah, that's the thing. They're, they went to the Super Bowl. From what I understand, they did, though, Cap. Yeah, no, it makes sense. They did. And they, the they didn't want Antonio Brown. Remember, Brown wanted to play for yep. them, and Lynch put it out there, not interested. But... They they missed out on the Odell trade. San Francisco like Odell Beckham, and he knows they like him. That's why he's out there, and he just wants to go to the Rams because it's Los Angeles and it's flashy. The Rams also, you, you have a situation where they have receivers. Uh, you know, uh, Cooks is gone, Gabe. Cooper Cup gets hurt all the time. You need another weapon there. Like it actually kind of make it, it, it kind of makes have sense. They money too. They keep cutting everybody and letting everyone go. That money. Would you not say they're a team that's regressing. I would. I think the Rams are a team like that. They're watching the other teams in their division pass them by. Seattle can still compete. San Francisco's the Arizona's best. Arizona's getting better. Arizona's getting way better. Like you might be last in this division. And I know Rams. Los Angeles well. Uh, that market too. If they get bad, they're moving into that new stadium. <laughs> Yeah, people won't go. Well, we're going to see. They might not even have uh, fans as it is. Uh, anyway, it's such a bizarre world uh, that we're in right now. But you're right. I'm just saying, like, yeah, they're very front runners in Los Angeles. Like, God, Robert Woods, he gets he's going to get double teamed. Up. Cooper Cup gets hurt. You tr you get rid of Brandon Cooks. Like, you have nothing at third. Like, they need a receiver. It actually makes sense. And if you're thinking L.A., San Francisco would like them less because they have a good thing going and they can draft a guy and mold him. But the Rams actually does make sense. Um, so, uh, yes, we do. Uh, we gave you a nice long answer there, uh, T-Dubs. But, yes, <laughs> we do think there's going to be uh, uh, going to be movement. Uh, our boy Mingo um, says, uh, imagine a Giants draft day trade where they draft Justin Herbert and trade, them, trade him to the Patriots. Now, I'm going to start punching people in the face. Joe Judge yeah. can't be helping his buddy <laughs> Belichick out. Uh, the Patriots are not known. Who knows what they're going to do? I You're, think that, you know, do you think they're going to go out? I don't know why they don't get Andy Dalton. I actually thought Dalton was a perfect fit for them. It's the thing. Like, so you're going to roll out with Jared Stidham? Like, you're, you're telling me, you're Bill Belichick. Like, 
you're that confident without Tom Brady to roll out with a kid from Auburn that it's like no NFL experience and he's going to be your starting quarterback against a defense like the Bills. Even the Jets have a couple guys that can take your head off. Miami, a rebuilding team. Like, Buffalo is licking their chops at that defense. Like, Stidham is your quarterback? Mm, I don't know. I got to think Bill has a plan B and a plan C there, Gabe. What about Winston? I'm surprised they haven't made a move. He's a guy that would actually listen to Belichick, and I agree. Andy Dalton in New England, he could be a system quarterback. Hey, Andy, just don't make the interception. Make the, your early throws. It's going to be okay, buddy. We got you. We got your back. Uh, you know, Belichick, this is where Belichick's ego comes into place, That's where he perfect. might think that I can make Statham, I can make Statham good. As a Buffalo Bill fan, I hope that it's Statham. You're damn right. I you. hope they roll out Statham, and if it's Tua as a rookie in Miami, all right, you got a rookie quarterback there, you got Statham in New England. Um, you know, it's a, and then you just basically got to deal with Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. And let's not forget, man, the Jets did go 6-2 and two down the stretch uh, last year. I don't know how, but they did. Yeah, they covered. They made us some money. I, I bet the Jets. <laughs> uh, Kyle, Kyle, Matt, no, me too. I rode them. Yeah. That's the thing. They played bad teams. Like, they the schedule did. worked out real good they for did. them. Other no. teams rolled over and weren't trying. <laughs> like Very true. But they covered. There was a couple of games in, like, really bad weather and the rain at the Meadowlands and stuff. Yeah. Um, dude, they barely won. They beat the Dolphins. They they kicked, no, like, no, seven no, field goals no. that game. I'm just saying. They, they, they were covering. Oh, they went six and two. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember I asked the kid on the Jets. Uh, it was like off the record. I said, you guys, what's the deal with Gates? You guys like him? Yeah. He goes, I like that the check clears. <laughs> he told me. Another thing about the Jets. Like, what he the goes, Jets? I don't not like him. That's what he goes. He goes, I don't not like him. Yeah. He goes, he's all right. He said, he's all right. Check? You know what he told me? He goes, he wants to win. That's what he goes. He goes, oh, he I does like winning. That. He goes, he wants to win. Like, but he goes, he's all right. Like, no, no problem. I totally like, agree with that. Quick question, Gabe. What, like, what are the Jaguars going to get for Fournette? The answer is nothing. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I don't like Fournette. I don't think he's going to like... I see Bills like, fans saying, oh, get Fournette. Fournette's uh, been a big underachiever. No, the Bills... Maybe in a new place, Fournette gets better. Yes, maybe injury-prone attitude. The Bills got such a good thing, I'd say. Oh, I wouldn't go near him. The guy. You talked about Dylan from Boston College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McDermott's a good – they got a good thing going. No thanks. I don't want him in Seattle. If we'll Dobbins see. is there at 54, I think the Bills should take a uh, shot with him. Yeah, I don't know. I you like Singletary and Dobbins? Good. Oh, God, Yes. Dobbins is a game changer, too. No, I, I, yeah, listen, I think they need another back, and it's nothing personal against uh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is a nice young back, but you need multiple backs. There, there are injuries. You need multiple backs uh, in today's day and age. And, and you know, A.J. Dillon will be a nice sort of change of pace uh, back as well uh, with the Buffalo Bills, but it's difficult to – the Bills literally or figuratively are in a position now uh, where they just have to take the best pick available. Uh, right now. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, Kevin Walsh is going to step up and in uh, with us. We're going to talk some NFL uh, football uh, with Kevin Walsh. Uh, Kyle Mack says he thinks the Raiders could be a sneaky team in a draft here. And the Raiders with the 12th and 19th pick, they have a little leeway and they have a couple of bullets uh, to work with. Uh, don't forget, everybody, Scotty Farrell rocking right here, SB Nation, weekdays at 4 o'clock, and me and Cam. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions, NFL draft day coverage continues as we're breaking it down. First round, second round, third round, and more picks, props, best bets. Let's bring in Sports Grid's Kevin Walsh uh, right now on SB Nation Radio. Sports Grid, bring it. Kevin, always good. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Excited. It's it's the NFL draft. It feels surreal. It feels like a real sporting event. We're going to be watching. We don't know the outcome. It's live. Very, very excited. Yeah, you know what? It's going to be uh, the first thing since probably WrestleMania, actually, that everybody watches together. Or I should say the Chicago Bulls documentary, too. Sure. Uh, but a sporting event that everyone's going to be watching together at once, reacting to. It's going to be like a live sporting event. And, of course, the best thing about it is you can bet on it. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting for the prop out there, whether uh, Roger Goodell gets booed uh, or not. <laughs> and hear me out on this, Kevin, because I brought it up earlier uh, to Cam and you know, I'm going to send the idea over to the commissioner. Uh, I'm sure he follows everything I say on Twitter to begin with. If he's smart, uh, he does. Well, these leagues seem to know the bad things I say, so I'm giving him something good now, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving him something good here. 
Uh, but they said, okay, it'll be the first ever draft that Roger Goodell is at booed at because he's going to be uh, announcing the picks from his house. And I was thinking that to have a sense of humor about this, he should have his like wife or his kid, his daughter or somebody uh, boo him. Uh, uh, right? Uh, so uh, good evening. Yeah. I'm Roger Goodell from Westchester, New York. Boo! Boo! Like, like to have someone yeah. like kidding and just sort of get a laugh. And listen, Goodell is known as someone that's too serious all the time. I think people would get a big laugh out of that if he'd boo himself at the, uh, at, at, at the uh, you know, when he, when he announces the first pick in the draft, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, I, especially, too, like, you want it to have a somewhat lighthearted nature to it because it is all still surreal. So it's definitely the place for jokes like that. And don't worry, he'll get booed online, trust me. And I guess Bud <laughs> Light's getting in on it, right? It's right. always good when the league sponsors make fun of booing the commissioner, but <laughs> hey, that's we we got to have a little lighthearted fun uh, right now. All right. Uh, so speaking of the uh, the National Football League draft, it's rapidly approaching. A couple of days mm-hmm. away, uh, we're going to be all over like Oprah on a baked ham on Thanksgiving um, uh, on Thursday and uh, Friday. You're taking a look at the NFC East uh, yeah. division, and it's an interesting division as far as the uh, the draft uh, is concerned. Um, Pretty much everybody in a division has a, has an opportunity to really improve their football team, trade up, trade down. It'll be interesting to see. So we'll start off uh, the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. with the second pick. I don't think they're in a hurry to trade, actually. I think they like Chase Young. I think they would trade if they knew that the team that they were going to trade the pick to took Tua, and then, you know, they could get Chase Young, but there'll be no guarantee of that. So I think you'd probably have to really blow the Redskins away if you wanted to uh, to get the second pick. And they seem to be pretty much locked in on Chase Young right now, Kevin. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for this team is, you know, if they trade back, I don't see any scenario they can get Chase Young to fall with them, right? People talk about the Lions trading back and Jeff Okuda could still be there for them at five or six. The danger is not only Chase Young coming off the board at three, right? is at four, I think the Giants would then completely change their plan, yep. take Chase Young, and now you've let him go to a division rival all for a couple more assets. Now, obviously, look, it could still be okay, but you think about their biggest needs, and it would either be Chase Young or Jeff Okuda. If they make that trade, they both probably come off the board at three and four, respectively, to where now I think it's a tough boat for them, and they're going to go out there and get the guy who they believe is their best player, and I don't see how that's a bad move. See, one thing about the Washington Redskins is their defensive line's already actually pretty good. It's one position yeah, that they've drafted quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years and done pretty well uh, with the picks. But Chase Young is that good. We all know the football games are won and lost in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to have the, uh, the Warriors in the trenches to get it done. The Redskins need skill position players as well, but they can handle that a little bit later on in the draft. They definitely need to get some wide receivers in here. I mean... There's a lot of talk about Haskins, and they're not in love yeah. with him and all this type of stuff. I think Haskins getting a raw deal. The kid mm-hmm. is literally raw. He got thrown out there. Their offense was better when he was there. He gave him a, a fighter's chance to win football games uh, when he played as well. So I like Haskins better than a lot of people do. We'll see if he uh, he earns Rivera's respect. But, you know, running back position is a problem there. Peterson, hey, God bless him, man. The guy's sure. found a way to sort of – Break the uh, break the mold when it comes to running backs on the wrong side of 30, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is still there. We'll give him that. Um, guys, I just can't trust guys to stay healthy anymore, Kevin. Yeah. No, you. I mean, how could you? And the thing about guys is he's a talented back. I don't think there's anybody out there that disputes it. It's just it's the health. The good thing for you know for this Redskins football team is the ability to go out there and find running backs is plentiful, right? I mean, there are people debate whether it's Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift, who's the best running back in this class. At most, only one of them is going in the first round. So if you really want to prioritize the running back position, you'd be able to, you know, handle that later in this draft. And I think what you said about Haskins, I I couldn't agree more with. I just... The idea of drafting these guys and not giving them any chance, like I understand what the Cardinals did with Rosen was all very different because they brought in an entirely new regime and Kingsbury really, really wanted to coach Kyler Murray. But even that to me was wild. And I know now you bring you brought in Ron Rivera, but again, he's more of a defensive guy. Just you got to give Haskins a bit more time than what they've given him to, to me. Oh, you know, you're exactly right. And people, you know, I've been talking about this uh, in the past. People forget. You look back. Look at Peyton Manning's uh, rookie year. It was terrible. Yeah, he threw a million yeah. interceptions. Troy Aikman was like 0-11 as a starter. 
uh, in his rookie season. And we live in a day and age now, Kevin, where you get yeah. anointed the greatest player of all time too quickly, and people mm -hmm. give up on you way too quickly uh, right now. Dwayne Haskins really hasn't given a fair chance yet. And, you know, the problem with that was is that nobody really was enthusiastic about taking him. Mm -hmm. Daniel Snyder was enthusiastic about taking him, right? And quite frankly, I don't think it was a bad pick. Like I said, I didn't give Haskins a chance. Uh, give him a chance to give him some weapons. That's where, where all this conversation started with. So they're going to get Chase yeah. Young, but as they go deeper into the draft, uh, look, McLaurin was a nice steal last year mm -hmm. in the draft, but you need some better skill position players here. It's just case in point. It's not the quarterback's fault. He's got no one to throw the damn ball to. Yeah, I mean, throughout the offense, the thing is, they need, it's so weird because Chase Young is probably going to add to the the area of the football team that they are strongest at, but he's that talented. And to get a guy that has not just double-digit sack potential, but like 15-plus sack potential is absolutely a game-changer. But they need more people in the secondary and the skill positions, again, like Terry McLaurin, they lucked into. And past that, how many guys can you name really, uh, you know, off the top of your head, kind of being removed from that situation? The tight end thing has been a complete disaster. There's so many areas of this football team that they can improve. And that is why, to a degree, if they wanted to trade back, I'd understand it. Because the more assets and the more darts that they can throw at this board is understandable. It's really just the fact that they probably let Chase Young walk to the Giants. It seems exactly. And I agree with how it would shake things up. I think the Lions would snap at Chase Young if they could get him. Because, you know, and the Lions are an interesting case, but it seems to me, and I don't know, but I do think there's going to be trades. Uh, there, there's always trades. There'll be trades. But it seems to me that the trading sort of begins with the third pick. Bob Quinn's not hiding it. He came out oh, yeah. and publicly stated, I'm open to listen to offers. The New York Giants haven't publicly stated it, but they might as well have. There was a leak last week that Gettleman's open to, uh, to trading down. Now the latest rumor is the Giants like Justin Herbert. I don't believe that for a second. I don't think they like Justin Herbert. I don't think they're going to mm -hmm. sacrifice Daniel Jones right away, who looked good as a rookie. He needs an offensive line. We'll get to that in a second. I think this is the Giants really trying to get somebody to trade up. The mm -hmm. Giants are trying to trade down and try to get more players out of this. Gettleman likes that. So I think him throwing this out there, well, I'll ask you, do you buy into this daylight Justin Herbert talk? No. No, not one bit. And I got to be honest with you. So this is the funny thing. Um, I've given Dave Gettleman about as much crap as anybody during his tenure with the New York Giants, and he's completely deserved it. His plan has been close to non-existent. I don't know if it's bringing in Joe Judge. I don't know if he's snapped out of it. They have done a masterful job of manipulation at that four spot, especially considering, as you said, the draft pretty much starts at three because we know the first and second overall pick to some degree. They have been linked to Isaiah Simmons, Tristan Wirfs, Mekhi Becton, Jedrick Willis. Yeah. And now they're like, yeah, we really want to trade back. And I guess they weren't getting enough. They go, all right, cool. We like the quarterbacks too. We'll do anything. We're crazy. And now nobody knows what the Giants are going to do. I've, my, both my brothers are Giants uh, fans. I have plenty of friends that are Giants fans. And one of the things, one of my good buddies texted me, he goes, you know, uh, every year, whoever we're connected to is who we draft. It can't, can't be the case this year. That's where I have to give them all the credit in the world. Now, unless they end up taking Justin Herbert, because then they're going to they're gonna get, you know, I mean, that's Danny Dimes you're passing up on. But the, the way that they've manipulated the rumors and the leaks, I think has been a masterful job. I, I, I think it's a good point that you raise, actually. Part of, a big part of this, being a National Football League general manager, is causing distractions and smoke screens, not yes. being predictable about what you're going to do. That's why it was plain as day. But the only thing is, if you and I are able to read this, uh, I think other GMs will, they're going to laugh. Yeah, yeah, you like Herbert, right? But they're saying, hey, call my bluff on this. Egg. Right? Mm -hmm. What they're saying is, you want to take Herbert? You want to take Tua at 5'6"? No guarantee, guys. You might have to trade up with us or you're trying to fleece something out of you, right? Because yep. if you're if you're Gettleman, why not? If you could fall, let's say, from four to five and then get the twenty, the twenty-six out of them as well. Mm -hmm. right? And here's you say the, you really yeah. want your guy, he's here, yep. but we might do it. And then yep. and another thing is a big key, Kevin, it's sort of like being a gambler, though, uh, also with these guys, is you need to know what other teams are doing. And you need yeah. to be willing to bet on it. Like, look at uh, Pace, fell for it years ago. He had no reason to trade up for Trubisky. Oh, Nobody yeah. was yeah. taking Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why would you think that San Francisco is going to? They weren't going to. 
They were locked to Solomon Thomas that whole time that year, the defensive lineman, right? They, and everyone knew they weren't taking a quarterback. And for some reason, Pace traded up. He didn't have to. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. So it's a dangerous game that Miami and L.A. are playing right now. Yeah. If they think, no, we're good, no one's going to take Tua or Herbert, I don't know. Someone might jump in and do and take Tua. And and the thing is, like it it doesn't. So now there's another uh, report out there that the Jaguars, who desperately need cornerback talent, would love to be able to trade up and get Jeff Okuda, who everybody has had going to the Lions. The thing is, if you mentioned, if the Lions trade back to five or six with one of the Chargers or the Dolphins, well then at four, all the Giants got to do is Jaguars come right here, give us nine, give us twenty, done. You get an elite corner. You lost Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boy. So now this, and I I. You know I'm an Eagles fan. I cannot compliment them enough. They're now they have to be living in the head of the Lions crap. We can't just trade back and get Okuda. The the Dolphins, we really have to trade up a first round pick to move one spot to get Tua. The Chargers who are like, yeah, whatever, cool. Somebody please let us get let us, you know, move up and get our guy. Like truly. Now, I have to make sure the execution follows through because it's still Dave Gettleman and this Giants, you know, organization. But the way that this stuff has been moving, I have to give them all of the kudos in the world. Well, they are unpredictable at the best of times, right? And these, they've done a good job confusing yeah. people, including giant fans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I should say yeah. worrying people uh, as well. Yeah. Um, so to me, we talk about Chase Young, perfect fit for the Redskins. Obviously, just the talent is so, so big. It's going to be hard for them to pass that up. The Lions, things get a little murky, whether they're going to trade down. They'd like to trade down. They could take Akuda. They could take Isaiah Simmons. Wouldn't shock me if they took either one. I'm starting to lean Simmons right now. What do you think of Simmons? The prop is six and a half with him. Cam predicts that Simmons is going to go to seven to, uh, to yeah. Carolina. Does he laugh to seven? I think he's better. I think teams like him more than they're sort of letting on. I don't know if he gets to seven anymore. Seven. The reason that you're right, and you know this, six and a half is because the floor is seven. The Panthers love him. It's going to come in and try and replace Keekly, uh, Kukli as the, the face of that Panthers defense. So we all know that that's as far as the fall could go. I bought that the Giants liked him. I, I think you talk about Me a free athlete. They haven't had a stud out. linebacker in forever. And we're talking about an organization that used to be built on stud linebackers. Yeah. And, and Gettleman loves his freak athletes. And Isaiah Simmons showed out on a national stage. And I don't know how many college football games Dave Gettleman watched, but he probably watched LSU-Clemson in the national championship game. And it wouldn't surprise me if that pulled him in the direction of Isaiah Simmons. And I think the rumors started to heap up, uh, creep up, because I know, you, again, you follow the draft props. Simmons went from plus 300 to almost odds-on favorite. And then what happens? The Jedrick Willis rumors now completely ramp up. I believe that they felt like people were getting on to them too much about their love for Simmons and had to switch the narrative a bit. And again, they've they've done a nice job doing that because last I saw Jedrick Willis, the tackle out of Bama, was the favorite to be the Giants pick. Now, there is some talent here. They're rebuilding on the defensive side of the football, but there is a lot of youth on the Giants' side of the ball. And I think the coaching wasn't great defensively either. The schemes weren't great, uh, but... What, you know, you look at Isaiah Simmons, he'd be a nice fit for the Giants. Versatile, right? Inside, outside, yeah. can get to the quarterback, can uh, defend the pass. That's the biggest thing with Isaiah Simmons, right, a Clemson guy, is the versatility that he brings uh, to the table. And what I like is, look, they brought in Jabril Peppers last year in the Odell trade. Another very versatile player, right? Just the guy that you're getting out here, getting athletes on the field. I think Baker's going to be fine. He had a rough start, but a lot of kids have had rough starts in that sure. position. He was left on an island amongst himself for the most part. So, you know, you got Baker, you got Peppers. You know, if you brought in a guy like Isaiah Simmons, it would help. But anyone that's watching New York Giants game, including you being a Philadelphia Eagle fan, and including me doing the show uh, at the Meadowlands every week, is Danny Dimes is running for his life. The Giants' offensive line is amongst the worst in the National Football League. Like, yeah. If you look at teams in the first round and need uh, O-linemen desperately to me, New York Giants at four, Arizona Cardinals at eight, mm -hmm. Kyler Murray's running for his life too much, and then 10, Baker Mayfield. I think those yeah. are three teams that really need linemen. Yeah, I think one of the things that also could put pressure on the Giants to take a tackle in this spot is I thought there could have been a really nice tackle that would fall to them with their early pick in the second round. But now, I mean, we're seeing it looks like there could be maybe seven, eight offensive linemen that go in this opening round where now the pool could dry up and trying to be, uh, you know, trying to take advantage of a deeper class might actually work against them if they all start flying off the board. Yeah, there seems to be just like three or four of them that are head and shoulders above everybody else yes. when it comes to the linemen, right? 
Yeah. You've got Tristan Wirfs. Uh, you've got Wills. Um, you've got the kid, um, Andrew Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. out of Georgia. And uh, who's the other one? Mackay uh, Becton, Becton, who had yeah. the uh, the flag drug test. Mackay Becton mm-hmm. uh, right now. His prop is eight and a half, actually, but it's like minus 300 to the over right now. I and the drug test rumors, like, bumped the number up. Uh, I don't know what to do with him because it's one of those things where the talent's there. He could easily go eight to the Cardinals. Or six foot seven, man. Teams, teams overthink it, and all of a sudden he's on the board at, like, 27, and it's like, I can't believe this. He won't last that long, but he's going to go over eight and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, the Giants, listen, I sort of got the Giants taking worse. We'll continue the conversation on the other side of the break. I had the Giants taking worse, but they've done a great job. They like Wills, too. You don't know. And then you got Judge in the room now, which is... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Morenci. It was great throwing it down with the Raging Redhead Cam Stool. We're talking with the NFL Draft right now with Kevin Walsh from the bunker in Queens. And so we're talking about the NFC East and some of these uh, draft props on the board. I am Gable Morenci. can uh, tune into the show weekdays at 6 on SB Nation uh, Radio, following the great Scotty Farrell from 4 to 6, and all day long, SB Nation's just uh, kicking it. Uh, so uh, keep it locked in uh, right here. And, of course, on Sports Grid, get on the grid, uh, as well as the draft is uh, now about uh, 48 uh, hours away. And uh, we're starting to lock in some of these props. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the draft on uh, Thursday night. I'm handling the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin's going to be doing the NFC East. So we're taking a look at the NFC East teams uh, right now. Talked about the Redskins with the second pick, uh, the Giants with the fourth pick. And we were talking about how Gettleman has done a very good job. You're right, Kevin, of keeping people guessing on this. Nobody yeah. knows, bro. It could be Tristan Wirfs. It could be Jedrick Wills, both offensive linemen. I don't know. Maybe he likes Andrew Thomas. Maybe huh? like, I doubt it's Mackay Becton, or maybe like Becton. So it could mm-hmm. be one of the linemen. It could be Wills, or it could be worse. And yeah. actually, I'm hearing more Wills. You know, because Joe Judge is here now. So it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact that he has at the draft board. I don't know. I mean, he's a rookie coach, but it, it's a unique situation. The thing is, Wills is like really mean spirited. He's got like a nasty streak to him on the field. I would imagine that Joe Judge would like a guy like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's a little meaner than Tristan Wirfs is. Yeah, and the thing about Joe Judge is I, I got to give him his credit as well because he seems heavily involved in allowing the circulation to continue. Uh, he had that comment about, oh, we need to really rely on our sources, people that we trust because of how different this process is. And instantly people go, coached with Saban at Bama, trust Saban. If Saban says, Good call. well, this is your guy, boom. That's how he gets up to four. And also, they said that he was the one on that FaceTime with uh, Justin Herbert that, again, brought those rumors up more. So, And as much as I didn't love the Joe Judge hire, I know I know you made a ton of fun of it, and it was great uh, when we were back doing those shows and they made the Judge hire. Um, but again, I, I'll give credit where credit's due. I'm not going to forcibly tell you that the Giants are clowns if they're being smart, and right now they're being smart. All right, so you look at the Giants. Uh, we talked about the Giants, their depth chart, where they need the most help. Um, they can use some help. They 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 have holes. The Giants. Yeah. They have you know they have skill. The skill position players on the Giants is the best part of their football team. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, skill position player, great running back. All right. I I like Daniel Jones a lot. We can say the jury's still out on him. He went three and nine as a starter only, but he threw like twenty three touchdown passes. He mm-hmm. didn't have any time. You you can tell he's got the it factor. He's got to hang on to the football more, but you can tell he's got the it factor. The wide receivers are rock solid. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton really came on yeah. uh, at the end of the year. Evan Ingram's got to stay healthy, but he's a nice talent. Um, the offensive line, they drafted Will Hernandez uh, last year. Nate Soldier's kind of been a disappointment since he's yeah. come over from the uh, the New England Patriots. But they really do need a lineman. They need a linebacker, and they could use some secondary help uh, mm-hmm. as well. So it all depends which way they want to go. Um, as a betting man, if I ask you right now, what are they going to do? I'm taking Tristan Wirfs under eight and a half, and I'm taking Jedrick Wills under eight and a half. I think both of them don't last between the Giants and Arizona. I think 
and the, I particularly like the Worfs one because I feel like, again, through reading that Worfs would probably be the Cardinals' first offensive tackle uh, selected to where you're kind of trying to figure it out. Obviously, you need the Giants to take a tackle then, and it really gives you then the opportunity for both of those to come home. I still... I don't know. Maybe it's stubbornness. I haven't been moved off Isaiah Simmons, though, as the pick for the Giants. I just think I think it'd be an awesome selection. And I think he'd be the best player on the board, likely for them when they select. And I just I think that the rumors and them liking him was real. But I think they've done a nice job of, you know, shifting people's focus a ton. You know, I'm leaning right now. I'm leaning with Isaiah Simmons under the six and a half. Yeah, I think he's that good of a football player. And I do think there's going to be a trade that'll sort of shake up people's mock drafts and projections. Uh, on this and then suddenly someone will grab him but it wouldn't shock us like you know we can spend two hours talking about how unpredictable Gettleman is but you're right the Giants have done a very good job of of keeping people guessing as uh, what they're going to do all right so then there's a little bit of a uh, lull uh, in the draft uh, when it comes to the uh, the NFC East after the Giants Mm -hmm. pick fourth uh, we go to Jerry Jones and uh, company the Dallas Cowboys with the 17th overall pick what are you hearing as far as the Cowboys are concerned what do you think uh, they're thinking yeah everything everything uh points towards the defensive side of the football which makes sense they need more edge rushing talent they could use some help in the secondary especially after using uh Byron Jones you look uh it's probably gonna I'd love to bet will the Dallas Cowboys draft a player from the SEC uh, because Xavier McKinney <laughs> from Bama, uh, Caleb on Chason from LSU, Christian Fulton from LSU. That's uh, all where of these I'm guys. now with Shysod. I think they're looking at Shysod if he falls to them. I think he'll be there. But will he still be there at 17? He's he's been a really interesting one. His his draft stock has kind of moved all over the place because the talent you can see it. He's but he's a potential guy. I think he only had six and a half sacks at LSU. Yeah, but that's what and, I like about him, Kevin. He hasn't played a lot, right? He's he's only played a couple of years of competitive football before, which means to me there's a ton of upside. No, yeah, I mean I I I like the player a lot, and I think it'd be a really really nice pick for Dallas. I'll stress this: it's a very very important pick for them, and it's a, it's an important draft for them as a whole. You see it throughout this offseason. They're getting their money locked up. They had to lose Byron Jones. They're still not fully locked in to a Dak Prescott deal. And in order to survive, they're going to have to have key contributors on rookie contracts. And it's the only way they're going to be able to survive. Now, On defense. They're going to need a good point. They're going to need whoever they draft here. And not just the first pick, uh, but their second pick with the 51st pick as well Mm -hmm. uh, in the second round is a good point. Look at all the money they're going to spend, right? Dak, they got to pay Dak. He's not, in a, he's not an employee of them right now. So I don't know what the hell they're waiting for all this, this drama. They're going to have to pay Dak. He's not under contract. They got to pay him. Uh, Zeke Elliott's getting paid. Cooper got big ass money. You know, you're, it's a good call, Kevin. They're going to have to get production out of the young defensive guys now. And the team has to get better because people have, you know, bigged up Dak because they had the highest scoring offense in football. Well, what'd that get them? Missing the playoffs, they didn't beat a single good football team, except for, if you want to count it, the Philadelphia Eagles in Dallas, which, again, like how good you want to you know, look at that Eagles football team from last year is just completely up to you. Every other above 500 football team they lost to. So they need to get better. And you look at it throughout this offseason. Has that football team gotten better? Uh, certainly not. I mean, at best, they've stayed the same. And last year, they weren't good enough. So they need to hit home runs. Home runs, not just, oh, it's a, it's a quality pick, oh, good bat. They need to hit home runs, guys that can come in right away and produce for them, especially at 17. All right, uh, so uh, there's one other team that we didn't get to, but ah, let's just skip over it. So what yeah. about the wrestling? Uh, no, no, so, <laughs> yeah, the, oh, yeah, there's another team. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly, who... Kevin Walsh might be in Queens, and all of his buddies uh, might be uh, Giant and Jet fans, but Kevin's a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Yeah, look, man, it's, it's I'm really, really excited about this draft from the Eagles' perspective. Everything that you're hearing about the Eagles is kind of what I want to hear. They're interested and ready to trade up if one of those big three wide receivers is falling and becomes available to them. Well, let's if look at I'm, the – yeah, let's – sorry, I was just going to say, let's just look at the sure. FanDuel right now. They have a, the prop up. What will the, what will the Philadelphia Eagles do? And of course, FanDuel is in Pennsylvania, New Jersey areas where there's a lot of Eagle fans. So what first pick by the Philadelphia Eagles? And you and I talk about it. And it's the same thing right now. It's all wide receivers. Justin yep. Jefferson plus 155 is the expected pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, wide receiver out of LSU. Denzel Mims 
wide receiver out of Baylor, five to one. He's really come on right now. I think he might be getting a little overvalued in the draft personally, but um, as, as I'm not saying overvalued as a player, even though there hasn't been a big track record of Baylor players being great in the NFL, especially these wide receiver types, they're okay. But um, but Denzel Mims at five to one, CD Lamb at plus seven fifty. I don't think CD Lamb will still be there um, at twenty one, but I need to get Henry Ruggs at plus seven fifty. Jalen Rieger, the kid out of TCU, wide receiver. So basically, look, the first five uh, potential picks for the Philadelphia Eagles, according to FanDuel, are all at the wide receiver position, Kevin. And as you know, though, right, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb lasts in a 21. Feels like a complete pipe dream. No matter how many mock drafts I try to find that have one of either him or Jerry Judy falling to us, and I found a couple because if you dig enough, you'll find a couple. The thing is, you know, it's Eagles' first pick. It's not who the Eagles going to take at 21. If they can trade up and all of a sudden they're picking at 13, that that can be a cash for you. And it completely can go the other way. Uh, I think Jalen Rieger, the TCU kid, is a situation where, because Philly's also been said, if the wide receiver talent that they covet isn't on the board at 21, they'll trade back. And if whomever is coming up at 21 wants to get in front of the Vikings to take a corner or to to take a wide receiver, all of a sudden now the Eagles are kind of moving down a couple positions when it comes to wide receiver talent or maybe even go a different direction in terms of position then. And they're just going to go BPA, a linebacker like Patrick Well, it's funny you bring that up, Ole, because the one guy that's not a wide receiver in the middle of this little pack here, although it's 12 to 1, is Kenneth Murray. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. And you brought it up, a linebacker. Because they're not really fully in control at 21, right? It's, not at all. The thing is, they, there's going to be a wide receiver there still. But it doesn't mean they like the wide receiver there, generally, at that pick. They might like a guy they can get in the second or third round as well, right? Think about this. 18, 19, 20, it, three picks in a row, none of those teams are actually the original owners of those picks. It's the Dolphins, the Raiders, and the Jaguars. So if any of those teams end up on the move or making kind of wild decisions, it can create a lot of chaos. It's not like it's these teams' only picks. Every single one of those teams potentially will draft already before 18, 19, and 20 come up. So they could be more than willing to trade back if somebody wants to come in front of Philly to lock in Justin Jefferson, who at plus 155, again, I think his floor, similar to what we talked about with Isaiah Simmons, is 21 to Philly. If a team comes up and he's not on the board, you see how drastically that can change things. Man, there's some good wide receivers available in this draft that you'll be able to get in a later round. Oh, yeah. Interesting right now, T. Higgins' stock seems to be dropping a little bit, according to the sports books, mm-hmm. over under 34 and a half uh, right now for T. Higgins. You know, that's a pretty sharp number, man. Before it was 32 and a half. Now it's 34 and a half. Yeah, I liked it better at 32. I didn't think he was going to be a first-round pick. I thought he was more of a second sure. round, late first round, early second. Seems to be a pretty accurate number right now for T. Higgins at 34 and a half. Yeah, I don't know who owns that 34th pick, because if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe the Redskins own a second-round selection. So it might Indianapolis. not be. Do the Colts like From Higgins, Washington. Like, that's that's an interesting spot there, I think. Could, could the Colts be wanting to go that direction? I think it's definitely possible. They could always use some more wide receiver talent. But it's kind of one of those things, again, you talk about talking out the bet. Are you then just better off? trying to find the yes or no, which I believe is available for T. Higgins on first round. All right, so how are you feeling about uh, will there be five and a half receivers taken in the first round of this draft? Will it get to six? Because you get plus money if you say no. I'm, I'm, the reason why I lean yes is we know, I would say five of them feel somewhat of a guarantee. With Everybody knows the big three, then it's Jefferson and Denzel Mims, as you kind of talked about. And I somewhat agree. I don't. He might be a little bit overrated, but he's starting to creep up. I only need one. And I've seen plenty of mocks that have K.J. Hamler, Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk. That's three other guys. T. Higgins. Now T. Higgins has sneaked into first. I mean, there's so many guys. Like, it's the same thing even with that over-under on the Hog Molly's prop. And I love the way they listed the prop with the name. But it's <laughs> six and a half. If I've got five locks, I only need two more. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I like I like those player props like that. Although I'm looking at it the other way, I think that the wide receiver class is so deep that the general managers don't need to take them in the first round. They're going to say, you know what? I don't need to take T. Higgins right now. I can get him in the second round, or you know what? Uh, I'll get a kid. Uh, let's say uh, Ayuk out of uh, out mm-hmm. of Arizona State after the fact. Or even a little bit later, you talked about uh, Hamler. Chanoa is an interesting player. Yeah. 
who, you know, you talk about Tua having injury problems. Chano has been a little banged up over the past. Uh, a player that I like that no one's really talking about too much, and I think he's going to be a solid NFL player. I don't know if he's a superstar, but I think he'll develop into one of those sort of legit, strong, number two guys for the next six years type thing, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. Yep, out of uh, USC. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of conversation about him creeping up into top five overall wide receivers on, you know, different people's big boards who are, you know, respected and, and do this kind of stuff. And I think one of the things I'd love to see is because you're not going to be able to live bet the draft. I believe that's already been confirmed. But I hope that we then get similar props as, in terms of day two over under round two wide receivers, because if that prop goes under, we only get four or five wide receivers to go in the first round. All of that waiting is now going to stop. And I think the second round, you could see like 10 of them come off the board. So uh, you're going to, you have a little trip to do. I don't know. You're going to take, uh, take a train in a Secaucus. And, uh... well, that's the frustrating thing here is because, and again, like, I don't like the, you, you look, if you get a bet, right, you get a bet, right. Right. But I've told you about those Browns and Panthers bets now. I mean, again, minus 108, the Browns thing is now minus 900. The Panthers bet was plus 112, it's now like minus 400. But again, I'm sitting here in New York. I don't have any chance to go to Jersey. So now I get people texting me like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, did you bet those? I go, no. And I honestly kind of don't want to because now I go force like three different bets. Those two that I gave out, I had Roe, your buddy Roe, messaging me on Twitter. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got those in, crushed it. And I'm like, happy for you, bro. But you know what? That makes one of us, pal. That Roe don't play around. Roe's on his phone 24-7 getting bets in. He literally, he was like, oh, yeah, I saw the video when it came out on YouTube. Crushed it right away. I'm like, oh, my boy. Yeah, well, yeah, so shout out to our boy Roe. Uh, Roe's a big fan of the network. Uh, big uh, big better. Rutgers, uh, Rutgers grad, uh, actually. And, you know, that's it right now, too. I was thinking that. I'd like nothing more to be able to walk in a FanDuel right now and play some paper action. Oh, you yeah. know, you can, you can bet online FanDuel and uh, legally in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania uh, right now. Indiana, uh, various various different states, but yeah, people in New York have to do the trip, and there's different trips, and literally some people walk across the George Washington Bridge, uh, some people will bicycle across the bridge. Uh, there's there's different ways. Uh, Secaucus, so guys, Secaucus, New Jersey, it's where the, the NBA you'll often hear. I we're going to the highlights in Secaucus right yeah, for yeah, the replay, yeah. so they're head off to Secaucus, New Jersey. Secaucus, New Jersey, literally is the first train stop from New York City, from Penn Station. So Penn Station to Secaucus, it's literally about a seven or eight minute train ride, okay? Depending, whatever, eight, 10 minutes. So basically what a lot of bettors will do is they'll take the train to Secaucus, they'll get off the train and they'll just basically place their bets on the platform in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And then they just take the train right back after. But so many people were doing it. They already had a little bar in there at the train station, Kevin, but it turned into like the hottest sports bar in America. <laughs> Because everyone was going, oh, maybe I'll hang out for a drink. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. I'll stay for another drink. And and they actually started expanding. Like they had a sign on. I remember I was laughing. Games on here type thing. They're letting you know. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you don't have Get to go all here. the way Get to the book. Here. Just hang out here. And hey, you're, yeah. you're on the right side of the border in New Jersey. Always good with Kevin Walsh. Tune in Thursday night. Kevin will be all over the NFC East. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.